All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. Today we're going to be talking about how to take care of your brain. And that is quite the question. How do you take care of your brain? And we're going to get in, we're going to get into that momentarily. Um, our sponsor today is Phoenix Identity. Learn how to control your emotion and you learn how to control the rest of your life. Your emotions do impact a lot of your mental health and your physical health. So go and take a, a look at that. Uh, download the Embrace Your Positivity Guide, the how-to uh, use the Rockstar Method. So go and check that out. Our guest speaker today is Bernice Hunt. Bernice, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I sure will. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. My name is Bernice Hunt and I am a brain health specialist. I have been doing this for just um, focusing on the brain specifically for a little over two years. I've been a wellness coach for over 12 years and I am loving every minute of this. I kind of stumbled into this um, this business because of um, things that happened with my husband. And we can talk about that um, in a few minutes if you'd like. But I am a great grandmother. I have uh, 16 grandkids. I have one great granddaughter and one another one on the way doing just a couple of months. So we're really excited about that. I'm here in Southern California, living my life, retired school teacher over 30 years ago. So yeah, life is good. I'm so happy to be here. Love that. 16 grandkids. I have four kids and no grandkids. I'm, you know, I can't wait. Until, well, I can wait because my oldest is, <laughs> I can't wait, but um, I, I'm excited for that stage. I don't want any more children. So I'm excited for the grandkids stage, uh, futuristically, of course, um, but it's their life. Whatever happens, happens. So um, I will go with the flow on that one. Yeah, um, I remember my my grand my one of my youngest son told me when I had my first grandchild, he was in high school, and he said, "Mom, if I knew you were this going to be this excited about a grandchild, I could have given you a grandchild a couple of years ago." And I'm like, "Hold up, <laughs> I'm I'm excited, but no, you are too young, way too young. I am waiting patiently. I have waited patiently. Thank you. We'll wait patiently for you to contribute." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> um. So you and I were talking, um, we've both had experiences or, or loved ones who have had issues with brain health, or um, I've had family members with Alzheimer's, dementia, um, your specific situation, my husband uh, was on the way to that situation uh, a few years ago. So um, if you would like to share your story with your husband and what kind of really got you into um, taking care of your brain. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, my husband actually, he had a, a kidney issue that he, that he wasn't aware of. But before he became aware of it, sepsis developed and that sepsis got into his bloodstream and went all the way to his brain. I remember the doctors telling us that typically it doesn't go all the way into the brain and unless you're older. And so apparently he was old enough to go. He was a you know, senior citizen. So he was old enough and it went into his brain at which point um, we were, became well aware that there was something wrong with him because he was talking gibberish. We couldn't understand a word he was saying. He was hallucinating. It was just not a good time. And so we went straight to the hospital and that's when they um, discovered that that's what was going on. And they, so they had, had to address that inflammation in his brain first and then deal with his kidneys that had started failing on him. So that was the scary time. And, and how that got me into brain health was that um, 
I got to just have a little glimpse of what it was like to maneuver, try to maneuver someone, communicate with someone who um, was an able, able-bodied person, you know, accustomed to, you know, running the show, independent, 195 pounds, you know, getting that person to do what he didn't want to do and trying to understand what he was trying to communicate was frustrating for him and for me. And it was just very emotional time. And so I was like, wow, this is what people have to deal with who have, you know, um, loved ones or are their caregivers to people that have dementia or Alzheimer's or something. And I only had to deal with it for a few hours before we got him to the hospital. Of course, he was like two weeks in the hospital, but they were like the main caregivers and I was, you know, support, you know, so that was a little different in itself. But for the people that have to deal with it ongoing 24 seven for 10, 20 years, I mean, I was like, you know what, this is no joke. And so it got me really interested. As I said, I was always already a wellness coach, but it really tweaked my, you know, interest specifically to brain health. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, my husband uh, almost died from sepsis mm. and it was, yeah, a really traumatic experience. While it didn't, it didn't go to his brain, thankfully, um, it, it was a very traumatic su- instance in itself, right? Um, sepsis is no joke. I've known um, a few people over the past uh, 10 years who have passed from sepsis. So it is something that that is um, something near and dear to my heart at that point, because it, it's happened quite, quite often. Um, but brain health, it's, it's interesting to think of brain health. There are lots of studies on things that you can do to improve your, your brain health to, you know, keep it sharp and keep it, keep it kind of going to, to maximum health, especially as you get older, right? Um, our brain is just soaking up information for many, many, many years. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, our bodies start to age, or maybe we haven't taken care of everything so well. And it starts to show in our memory. And don't get me wrong. There are, um, physiological things that happen when we get older, right? Women in menopause, we get the brain fog. When we're pregnant, we get brain fog, um, COVID now and brain fog. There are a lot of things that are going on. So um, a lot of the things that I've been told is taking walks, um, getting out in nature, um, puzzles, uh, playing card games or, you know, interactive games with other people, um, Sudoku's word searches, stuff like that really help to um, strengthen your brain. Right, right. And when I, um, as I got into it, I decided to go back to school. Like this was um, pre-COVID. And then when COVID hit, I was like, okay, I'm spend this time and retrain myself, you know, in specifically in brain health. So I was that get that online. And, and I was just amazed at what I learned. It just really, that's how I started the business. I didn't, I didn't go back to school to start the business, but as I got deeper and deeper into it, I said, you know, people just need to know, I really want to share, you know, what's going on. And I, um, in the training, I realized that it's not just, you know, there's no magic bullet. I already knew there was no medical cure type of thing. But um, like you said, most people, when they think about brain health, if they think about it at all, they think about brain health, they're thinking about, you know, different games you play, the, the internal types of things you do, which, which is, you know, an aspect of that. But what I found out that there's really um, 
five key things. And so I came up with a word. My word was needs, and it's the acronym to represent the five key areas that should be addressed ongoing, and it's never too early to start. And the good news is it's never too late to start. You can see you will have improvement if you address these areas. And But most of us don't address all five areas. We, we hit two or three, you know, me, myself included, I wasn't addressing all of them, you know, but once I discovered that that was the optimal way to really take better care of your brain, that's what I started sharing. So the word is needs, N-E-E-D-S, and it stands for nutrition, exercise, engagement, and engagement, there's three, different, there's three parts to engagement, there's your internal, like the games and things you were talking about, internal um, engagement, external, which is more of the socialization type of, of um, engagement that you do with other people, which affected a lot of people with COVID when they got closed in and they didn't realize they needed to still keep that communication with people going, you know? And so that affected a lot of people, depression set in and all of that, because there is external engagement, you need to do socialization, you need to keep going. But there's, and there's also the spiritual side, which medical uh, research now um, confirms that your spirituality does have something to do with improving your brain, restoring your brain, getting your brain, you know, helping with the de-stress and uh, depression and all of that too. So there's three aspects really involved in the engagement, but the other one is de-stress and de-stress includes detoxing. Okay. And de-stress talks about the meditation things you're doing out in the nature, those kind of things where you're calming your body down, going back to that parasympathetic mode state as often as you can. And the last one is sleep. And sleep is something that a lot of people sacrifice for whatever reasons. They all have reasons why they don't sleep. Some people use it as a badge of honor that they only sleep four hours or whatever, but it's not a good thing when you're talking about the health, the healthy state of your brain. So nutrition, exercise, engagement, de-stressing, and sleep are the five areas that you need to be not only aware of, but also continue to support to have a better brain. There are a lot of things so um, that I've learned over the past few years. And one of those is nutrition is extremely important. And while I don't practice healthy nutrition um, because I haven't been put in the work yet, and I'm laughing because obviously I need to. Um, but one of the things is my, my oldest daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And as everybody should or, or will know momentarily is Type 1 diabetes is not a choice. It is not a lifestyle thing. It is, it is you know, it happens. Um, and so when we went in, we had to, we had to be hospitalized with her for six days um, because her sugars were so high. And while we were there, we had to go through very vigorous training on what diabetes is, how to care for her, what we need to do, because we become her medical professionals when she's diagnosed with diabetes. She wasn't even nine at that point. Oh um, so we had to really take over that. And so we had to learn absolutely everything. And we talked to dietitians and we talked to um, psychologists and, you know, we had to be taught by every professional that would be dealing with her. And during that process, they were talking about how the sugar uh, for diabetics, you have um, your, your, your sugars and your blood glucose will. And, and he actually explained it like a delivery driver. He said, your insulin is like a delivery driver. It delivers that sugar 
to the rest of your body because your eyes need sugar, your brain needs sugar. You need healthy sugars. And so what it does is your um, pancreas, I think that's it, the feather looking one, um, that actually will send the proper sugars throughout your body. And that's what your insulin does. And so when he taught me that, or when I was taught that in that space, it really stuck with me because it's like, we do need sugar. We do need certain things. So nutrition is very important and active nutrition where you're looking at, you don't have to be uh, counting carbs. You don't have to be doing all of those things. You do need to be neutralizing your body or, or giving your body the nutrients that it deserves and it needs you can still be eating your cheese sauce. We did a, a nutrition isn't a, isn't a nasty word. We did that episode and I love uh, con queso cheese sauce. It's like my absolute favorite thing right now. Um, but I don't have it every day. And when I do have it, it's, it's in, you know, smaller portions because I can't handle heat very well, and it's, you know, but again, not a lot of people realize the power of nutrition and that's not dieting. It's not fads. It's healthy nutrition for your body. And it's making sure that you get that your brain needs it. Your gut needs it. How often does your gut health impact your mental health? It's a proven scientific fact. And so nutrition is a really big one that I don't think enough people truly understand the medical implications of nutrition. Right. Right. And the other thing attached to that, you're, you're absolutely right. And the other thing attached to that is because of the world we live in the time, the times that we live in where there's so many hidden things in foods and we are, we don't suspect that something that we could be eating contains certain things that it does concern contain and sometimes you, you can't you can't taste it in there you know you know you're not aware they put sugar in things and you really can't taste it you know to the degree that you know that you're eating or getting as much added sugar as you actually are getting you know or the same thing with the salts and things and, and not to mention the preservatives and the additives and all those things that are in there for whatever reason cosmetic reasons to, for the coloring or whatever or to make it stay together or to longer shelf life or whatever the reason is for putting certain things in there that you would never just eat by the spoonful, you know, that are in certain foods that are, uh, that we eat because they're, it's convenient for us to eat it, you know, or because it's, um, it's tasty, you know, but we wouldn't have put just like, you know, sodas, you wouldn't take 16 teaspoons and put 16 teaspoons of sugar in any kind of drink that you are going to drink, but you drink it in soda all the time. And you don't realize, I mean, you know that it's sweet, but you don't realize it's 16 teaspoons. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so we have to be so much so aware of things that, you know, 100 years ago, they didn't have to be aware of that kind of thing. When you eat chocolate, a lot of the chocolate is imitation, synthetic sweeteners and all these kind of things that are harming, they're being proven to be harmful to us and also encourage us to crave more sugar and all this kind of stuff that we didn't really have to deal with, you know, 60 years ago or whatever it is. And so with all that built up against us, it's really important that you become, like you say, nutrition aware, not that you have to become, you know, stark, whatever, and never taste, never again in life, have a teaspoon of anything. But you do need to be aware that, like you say, you can't have certain things all the time or the choices you can make in that within that same product realm you know, that are healthier. So, yeah. 
And not a lot of people have the time. Um, and it's not as easy to make the time. You know, you can make five minutes here or there for self-care, for personal time, for, you know, you can make half an hour, an hour in your day for those things. Um, but to spend two, three hours or even an hour to three hours every day trying to make whole foods when you can buy homemade or you can buy pre-made pasta sauce, you mm -hmm. can buy pre-made pasta, you can, you know, you can buy all of these things that are pre-made hamburger helper, right? Um, you can buy all these things. And then it's like, oh, hi, right? This is so much easier. It's quick meal when everybody's filling their day with everything else. Right. Um, so I, I do understand that part. So let's move on to exercise. So this is one that I like talking about because I, so I am allergic to the heat and not a lot of people know what that means or, or how that affects people. Um, but I'm allergic to the heat and I do have, um, exercise induced anaphylactic. Um, so I cannot have my internal body temperature raised to a certain degree. Otherwise I will start to go into anaphylactic shock. Wow. Um, so I am physically allergic to exercising in heat. Wow. Um, I am also allergic to the sun. <laughs> so that's another thing. Um, and my daughter's allergic to the cold. So it is a it is a family genetic allergy that we have. Um, and if you've got one, you've got multiple. So um, it's entertaining to say the least. But um, with that, exercise isn't going to the gym all the time. Exercise, it doesn't have to be you know, working out, weight training, it doesn't have to be any of that. It can be going for a walk around the block. It can be going for a swim. It can be doing dance parties. We've done an entire episode on exercising, an entire episode on nutrition. Um, these are things that you can be doing every day, right? While you're cooking dinner, turn on some music and have a dance party. Um, you know, go do some gardening, go take, uh, you know, your kids or your animal for a walk, whatever, you know, around the block or to the park or get in, get involved in just, you know, healthy, fun activities. And that's your exercise. You don't have to go crazy or overboard. Yeah. Yeah. And then also with that, because with the brain health, I talk about five areas of, of, of exercise and of course the cardio and the, the, you know, weight training is, um, is are, are two of them. But also with people, especially with people that aren't exercising or like you say, are unable to do certain exercises and whatever, I start really with basic stand and move. Mm -hmm. Most people can stand and standing does exercise your core muscles. It ex gives exercise to your muscles, your legs, your buttocks, just standing up. Because if we're honest with ourselves, most of us, you know, sitting is our default. You know, if I'm a walk into a room, how many people will I predict will be standing versus people be sitting if there's anywhere to sit? You know, if there's anywhere to sit, people are going to be sitting, you know, and that's just, you know, how we do. And we've gotten so accustomed to that. We have taken it to the extreme and we rarely stand, you know, same thing with movement. Movement is just movement. It's just, it can be like you say, walking here, out walking around the block or whatever, but it can also be just walking from one room into the other room walking, put your trash can in the other room. And when you put something in the trash, get up and go put it in, walk over to the trash can that you placed in the other rooms. 
you know? Um, the rule of thumb that I've been told by several experts, the rule of thumb is for every hour in your day, 40 minutes of it, you're probably gonna spend sitting in some kind of form because of our the jobs we have or whatever. So you're gonna spend 40 minutes of it sitting. But with those other 20 minutes, devote, you know, five to 10 minutes to just standing up. Mm -hmm. And devote the other five to 10 minutes in moving. If it's just walking into another room to get your water or empty the trash or sweep, deciding to sweep the floor or go fold up the clothes or whatever, you can be just those um, chores that you have to do, you know? Um, so delegating everything to your kids or to the person that comes in to clean up, you know, every twice a week or whatever, you know, take on some of those chores yourself, because guess what, it is good exercise, you know, even washing dishes, putting away the dishes, whatever, it's good, it's movement, any movement is going to get that lymphatic system going and get your blood circulation, it's going to reset your brain, all of that. And so that's some really, really low level things that anybody can do, even if you have to have support to stand up or whatever, most people can, can start there. Yeah. So engagement. Um, I like to hit all three of those. So I am a spiritual teacher. So that works for me. I am, you know, external and I run a talk show. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm talking to people every day. Mm -hmm. um, and internal, I'm an identity coach and that's all about, you know, internal. So yeah. I love this yeah. one. Um, yeah. I actually love all of them, but the, this one and the next two are my favorite. Um, engagement doesn't have to, again, be all the time. You have to engage your brain. Um, you have to engage your, you know, your brain to work and say, oh, you know, externally, how's that going to work? What, you know, how are you today? What are you doing? Um, learning new things, watch a video, um, not just, you know, a TikTok video, but somebody actually engaging in a video and explaining something to you, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's external. Internal being, you know, how am I doing today? Check in with yourself. How's my body feel? How am I feeling emotionally? How's my mental health today? Checking in with yourself and making sure that you're taking care of your needs, wants, and desires. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And that's so important. And unfortunately, people sacrifice in that area so much. They are so busy caring for other people. They don't take the time to care for themselves. And that is, and it's like you say, it doesn't have to take hours on I mean, it. It's just a few minutes, you know, seconds sometimes even, you know, just having that little Calgon take me away moment, you know, where you just relax and, and calm yourself or do something that you enjoy just for a few minutes, reflect on something, memories, remembering things that are pleasurable, you know, all of that, you know, calms you down, gets you out of that fight or flight state that a lot of us are in for the majority of the time. It's supposed to be an emergency protective state that we, we, we tend to live in way too long, you know, then we need to practice putting ourselves into that rest, you know, and digest and heal state that our brain and the rest of our body needs, you know? And so those things are really important. And people that tell me they can't, they don't have time because they're doing this and that, you know, I say, you know what, you're going to pay now or pay later. You know, do you want, right now you're taking care of, you know, your family and I'm, I, you know, thought you would take care of your family, but if you don't also take care of yourself, at sometimes you may well become a burden to the prairie people that you're trying to take care of. You know, they may be stressed out later in life taking care of you. And yep. you don't want that either. Yep. 
So the spiritual and uh, de-stress. So I am absolutely an expert in those two. I teach other people how to do those things. Um, Our sponsor today with the Embrace Your Positivity Guide, uh, it introduces what I've created, a method that I've created called the Rockstar Method. And like like Bernice, I love acronyms. I have three things that are acronymed and one's the show. One is this Rockstar Method and then I have the Smarter Method. Um, the rockstar method though, is all about how to control your emotions. It's how to put you in a state of calm so that you can recognize and process your emotions and what's triggered those emotions so that you can remove them, um, and not have them control your life. Because Mm -hmm. when you do get in that fight or flight, when you are, um, emotionally charged, excuse me, emotionally charged, as I call it. Um, you don't see anything outside of those emotions. Everything that you encounter, everything that you discuss, every decision ooh, decision or person, sorry, I had something to eat right before I came on the show. Um, everything that you do, your reality right after or during that emotionally charged state will directly be impacted by those emotions. You will make choices based on those emotions. You will take action based on those emotions. And when I say that your emotions control your reality, they absolutely do. Because if you end up making a decision that puts you in a negative spot, that emotion created that. Um, so I am a huge, huge supporter of uh, mental and emotional health and making sure that you take those steps to put yourself in a centered state where you're calm, where you're not highly emotional, you're not under emotional, you are just calm, and you have the ability to process and just continue going. Yeah, 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 that's so very, very important. I'm loving all of that. It's so very, very important. And and your brain, you know, will re- respond, you know, not just mentally, but it responds physically. It sends messages to the rest of your body and your vagus nerve sends messages, you know, that may be real or perceived, it still sends that message, you know, mm-hmm. that may negatively affect you in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, how drained do people get? If you, I've said this a hundred times, so I'll say it a hundred more. If you can go out and have the greatest day with your family, you can go swimming, you can go to the beach, you can, you can do something that's physically taxing, whatever that looks like. But if you're having a great time, you are revitalized. But at the, when you go home, you're still tired, right? Like, I mean, you've had, a, you've had a productive day. But if you have a day and you get upset in that day and you, you get super emotionally charged by those negative emotions... You are physically, emotionally, mentally, and energetically drained when you get home. Those negative emotions and the negative, while they're good because they teach us what needs to change, you still have to learn how to control them so they don't burn you out. Um, And that that screws with your brain health. Absolutely. Um, So next we've got sleep. Uh, I know that that one is super important. I didn't sleep enough last night and I'm ready to start yawning. Um, and you, okay. I'm going to tell everybody you yawning is, is not boredom. It can be, but it's not, it is literally, you not getting enough oxygen to your brain. 
That is yawning. So just let everybody know. Um, but sleep is very important and we don't make enough time for it. I know people, doctors who are up at four or five in the morning and I'm like, no. One thing I want to say about sleep, everybody's sleep is different. There is a peak time for you to sleep, whether that is in the afternoon, whether that's the morning, whether that is middle of the night, everybody has a peak sleep time. Mine is three to eight. If I am not asleep between 3 a.m. and 8 a.m., I am cranky. I'm tired. Nothing will work for me. I will have, if I am awake past 3 a.m., I am guaranteed a migraine the next day. Mm. guaranteed mm -hmm. yeah yeah you you definitely need to know you and and one thing you one thing you do is you trial and error figure out where your window of best window of sleep is you know everyone needs that the seven to nine hours for optimal but not everyone but just about everyone um but even like you said, within that, you need to know what is optimal for you. Like you say, if you sleep past a certain time or if you, you know, I know that if I sing like you, if I stay awake past a certain time in the evening, I'm going to have a rough time going to sleep and I'm going to have a rough next morning because I, and I know that. And so if I'm looking at the clock, I'm like, oh no, because <laughs> I know what's coming if I don't, you know, so you need to know for yourself. And that can be, you know, that's talent area. It's a process. Like when I, talk to people about sleep. I don't want them to jump from, you know, they're used to going to sleep at one or two in the morning and say, no, you need to go to sleep at 10. And so tomorrow, the next night they try to go to sleep at 10. That's not going to work for you. <laughs> You're going to stay up there. You have to slowly push that down. We do like 15 minute, you know, intervals for the next week, go to sleep 15 minutes earlier than you usually do just 15 minutes and see if you can keep that up. You know, when, once you have that up, then push it back 15 more minutes. This, if this is a process, you know, you want to move into this and you want it to become sustainable for you. You want it to become a lifestyle for you, you know? And so that's going to take time. And sleep routines. Um, a lot of people these days, a lot of coaches that I've interviewed and a lot of people that I've talked up to have talked about, you know, morning routines and how they're good for your mental health and your emotional health. Sleep routines, if you have a sleep routine, you're training not only your body, but your mind, your energy, your essence, you are literally training yourself to say, okay, I'm doing my sleep routine. By the end of this routine, I'm going to be tired and I'm going to go to bed. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what you're teaching your body, right? And we've done that with our children. Okay, it's time to get your pajamas on, brush your teeth, um, let's read a story. By the time you're done that story, they're ready for bed. Yeah. Exactly. Right? We're, exactly. we're taught that from a really young age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So focus a little bit on that. Okay. Um, I know we are getting to that time. So is there anything else about taking care of your brain uh, that you'd like to share? Um. Just like I said before, it's never too early. It's never too late. You start people, they start noticing changes in people's brains as early as their late 20s. You may, it may be asymptomatic. The person may not be feeling anything, but there are some changes that are going on that you can address using these five areas that you, because the, 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 the hope is that you never see certain things happening. You know, you never get to the point where you're doing this. So if you're on top of it, the earlier, the better you know, and the same thing, but if you are experiencing things, your brain has what they call plasticity. Your brain 
can change. You know, we always have new brain, our brain cells are always developing and growing. And so we can have some say in the speed at which they die off and the maturity that our new cells become based on our lifestyle, based on how we, I call how you nurture those new cells and things. And so there's, there's hope and there's, for the last 20, 30 years, they found out so much more about the brain. And so just a uh, word of encouragement, don't think, well, you know, I'm old and so, you know, the luck of the draw, this is where I am. No, that might be where you are right now, but that doesn't have to stay that way. You know, the improvement can happen. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, for anybody watching or catching the replay, make sure that you go and take a look at Bernice. Her information is in the description of this episode. Go and take a look at what she's got up on brain health, on her own journey, um, and everything that she's got going on. Because, you know, like she said, it's never too early to start and it's never too late to start. So go and focus on some brain health today. Um, our sponsor today at Phoenix Identity Again, learn how to control your emotions because they do impact every aspect of your life um, and they can control your life. So go and check that out. Learn the Rockstar Method. Um, link in the description. Uh, thank you so much, Bernice, for joining me today. I really appreciated your time. Oh, I enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me. All right. Well, go ahead. Sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out your Rockstar Method as well. <laughs> I like, okay, something I need to look into. It is life-changing. I absolutely love it. Um, all right. For anybody watching or catching the replay, again, if you would like to connect with either myself or Bernice, please feel free to do so. Links in the description of this episode. If you would like to be a guest speaker, blogger, sponsor, or if you want to see a topic featured on the show, reach out to us at justalivetv.com. I am your host, Melissa Kretschler, and I will see all of you on the next episode. Bye.